0: Welcome everyone to the debut edition of I'm Always Right, a weekly sports podcast where we'll be taking a deep dive into all things sports, all the way from the NFL to professional wrestling and everything in between, in the hopes of enlightening you at home with our wealth of knowledge and insight of the sports world. I of of course am your host, the Mouth of Michigan himself, Robin Dyke, along with me, as always, the Merkzone himself, Mike Merkel How are you doing today, Mike? I'm good. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great, my man. Let's go let's just dive right into it. Now, as this is our debut edition, we kind of want to just break down the show format. We're going to be tackling all the big topics of the sports world, whether that's basketball, baseball, wrestling, everything uh, that your heart can can, t- can really basically take for the most part. We're going to dive right in into the biggest news uh, story of the weekend. Mike McCarthy, Green Bay Packers head coach for the past 13 seasons, got get fired on Sunday. Um, Mike, basically just a quick initial take when you saw the alert come across your uh, phone on Sunday night. I was actually quite amazed by the news.
1: I mean, he's a Super Bowl champion. He's been in the NFC Championship quite often. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And
0: um, it's quite amazing that they let him go. In the middle of the season, too. Right. Yeah, that was, I think, the biggest thing that I think people kind of took away from it was... It's been brewing. You can read it all across the dirt sheets, all across uh, the internet. And it's basically been one of those things to where this has kind of been a rivalry between himself and Rodgers. Even though they've had so much success... Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people thought he kind of did him a dirty little bit by taking by taking this approach, and I, I do think the Arizona loss put everybody over the edge when they just went, you know what? It's time we just got to cut bait. It's not working. Anymore. I totally agree with you on that. one, yeah.
1: Actually. Um, Rogers' press conference was, "Hey, we're gonna win out," right? And then the first game in, and right. you lose mm-hmm. to Air to Arizona at home, at, at home, home, nonetheless, right? Yeah, I
0: mean, it's it's even a little bit more like, all right, you're on the road. Arizona is a tough place to play, yeah. And yet, and completely, they just they they shake a it like normally, um. So biggest question though, do, do you think he deserved to be fired? That he's been a thirteen years, Super Bowl champion, NFC title appearances, NFC North championships, something here in Detroit we know nothing about. Um, <laughs> do, do you think that he deserved? Do you think it was time for a change? For the I think
1: I think right now they do need to make a change. However, I think they could have waited to the end of the season. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. my opinion, uh, I mean, kind of just give him like. He's been there for 13 years, right, you know. Right till the end he, of the year. Yeah, you know, just give him like the okay, you know, we've been with you for so long. Mm-hmm. Just finish out the season, and right. then we'll go find somebody right. else. Absolutely, you know? absolutely.
0: I think that they, I know they came out today and they said they want to get a the jump on the head coaching search and everything else. And I know there's already some rumors, and we'll probably tackle that in a later episode. Yeah. Um, but but moving on to that, with that turmoil that he had with his star player Aaron Rodgers, obviously Super Bowl winning quarterback. Some say, and this hurts me to say, some say he's the greatest of all time. I don't (laughs) subscribe to that theory, and neither should you. Um, Do you think that this is Aaron Rodgers' fault? Do you think that he went to management? We've we've heard this before with some players go and say, listen, I can't do this anymore. Either it's him or me. I'm here for the long haul. You're paying me all this money one way or the other. I'm 35 years old. Do you think that he's went, I need somebody else, and I need him now, or this ain't working? Um, I'm
1: kind of half and half. Um, I do think that they haven't put the team around him that they could mm-hmm. with, you know, who's their best receiver on the team. I mean, Devontae Adams and then Right. You know? Right. But um, also, I also heard that Aaron Rodgers is not the best guy to be around all the time. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Really? No way. He's no, like, Tom Brady or even Matthew Stafford. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Preach but... my brother. Preach, <laughs> preach my brother. So, I mean, I think it's it goes both ways. But, you know.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing too that I think people I think m- kind of uh, misunderstand, and that's something too that, and just kind of you know branching off here a little bit, um, is where's the blame exactly going here? Because obviously the coach is the scapegoat for the team's performance, but if you look at the Green Bay Packers organization as a whole, and we're looking at this not just as Lions fans and as Michigan sports fans, but also looking at it just strictly looking at it as NFL fans you look at the Green Bay Packers and you say okay a team has been living and dying with one player we saw that last year with Aaron Rodgers going out with an injury we saw the fact that without him that roster was not good enough we saw it several times over um one of the worst teams in the league offensively and defensively without number 12 in the game and I think that's partially to do to general management and and ownership the 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 willingness to not change and to not go get those free agents. And I know in the offseason, they let Ted Thompson go. They let him go to you know that advisory role, which is just basically a cushy job saying thanks for all the work. But even the big-name free agents, quote-unquote, that they signed in the offseason, Mo Wilkerson out for the year early on. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Graham got a three-year deal. Hasn't produced the way they thought he would, which many people even wanted the Lions to go get. Yep. And... I mean, look at now, granted, our tight end situation ain't the best either, but (laughs) I mean, at the same time, you look at it and you go, I don't know if that was worth the $30 million that they're giving him either. So I think there's a lot of frustration in that camp, and I think that McCarthy is just the scapegoat a little bit for – for the struggles that they're I, having. You know, and Aaron yeah. Rodgers, I think, deserves some of that blame too. He definitely does, you know. Some of that blame. You know, you look at a forty year old Tom Brady, they're nine and three. You know, <laughs> they just beat a good Minnesota Viking team that's also underachieving right now with a high paid defense and a high paid quarterback. And, you know, Tom Brady's only throwing the ball twenty five times a game, guys, okay. and he's still winning the still winning football games. I, you know, put him in the Super Bowl until they're not, you know, kind of thing. Can't blame him for that. Right. Back to Mike McCarthy though. Now, there's a lot of talk locally here about the offense, Matthew Stafford, obviously, and that's a topic that we will definitely get into in later episodes. But as far as coaching changes go, we know that Jim Bob Cooter's on the hot seat. We know this. We've we've been talking about it on ad nauseum, you know, on local sports radio uh, to death. But just say, for instance, hypothetical and dream scenarios, Jim Bob gets fired, which I think we all can kind of agree is probably what's going to happen here unless – they went out their next four games, and the offense shows a dramatic improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, but is he a fit with the Lions, Mike McCarthy? Is he a fit offensive <sighs> coordinator? That's that's a tough one. I don't. I think
1: the insight on. How Rodgers plays and Green Bay as a whole. Mm-hmm. Also he's been able to beat consistently the Vikings and the Bears. Mm-hmm. That insight as a whole in the NFC North can give us the edge, I right. believe. Right. Um with Stafford there, you know, he's got a pretty competent quarterback also. Mm-hmm. It's not Rodgers level, I don't think. No. But it's also, right. you know, it's not like you got a top ten, top fifteen type quarterback you're mm-hmm. working with. You know, you got some, you know, you're going to have a lower pick this year too, so you can get some offensive guys. You got Kenny Galladay, mm-hmm. you got guys that carry on Johnson. Mm-hmm. You have all these weapons to use. Offensively, I think if they can design better play calls and just get that offense tempo a little going, right. I think they can, I think right. the offense can get better. with it. And, and
0: that's how we know too, and, and Mike McCarthy obviously is pretty a distinguished offensive coordinator uh, in the league. He was at time at San Francisco, that's where he was at before, um, he, he went to Green Bay, but I think that somebody that, that's somebody the Lions fan should really be taking a look at. Now, granted, I'm sure he's going to be in the running for several head coaching positions. I know Cleveland's already been a hot-button yeah. topic about that. Uh, John Dorsey obviously has Green Bay-Packard ties as well uh, from times working in the front office, so I'm sure that's something that's going to be very intriguing to him, and I'm sure he's going to want to be a head coach again. Uh, but I think that if not, and there's not as many coaching opportunities as, as one might think, um, I think it's a very high possibility. The Lions should definitely be taking a look at. I'm I'm even in favor of being super over generous and just saying goodbye, Jim Bob. Well, we'll I'll I'll take the four games, uh, the hodgepodge, whatever that's going to be for the Detroit Lions the rest of the season, and go get your guy. Uh, even if it's for a season, I think you could see a dramatic improvement for a guy who who to, who got the best years out of Favre at the very end of his career in, in Green Bay, and then really really tailored an offense and really nurtured Aaron Rodgers quite literally through his entire career. So it's going to be an interesting matchup to see them come in there. And What do you got, Mike? Just said one more thing. So I'm just looking at some of these stats and
1: mm-hmm. just take a guess. What do you think Mike McCarthy's record is as a Green Bay Packers head coach? I'm going to go with like 130 and fifty seven. Wow, you're very close to Was that really? <laughs> One twenty five seventy seven and two. Wow. As
0: the head coach of the really? Packers. Yep. Wow. All right then. That's a you know, I, he's got a, he's been there for thirteen years. Yeah, I mean so, geez. <laughs> at times, you know, the Lions have Lions have been terrible at times. Minnesota's been terrible at times. Chicago's yeah. been terrible at times. Green Bay's always kind of been the, the constant, unfortunately, mm-hmm. for for us Lions fans. Okay, yeah, but, but last thing on Mike McCarthy before we move on. If not with the Lions in my dream scenario where we have another great offensive mind, great Former head coach pedigree mm-hmm. on the staff. If he doesn't go to the Lions, where do you think he ends up?
1: It's set. I think he ends up with the Browns. Yeah, I do <sighs> see. Him. I do see though that, not to get into this too deeply, yeah. but with Lincoln Riley and Baker Mayfield, that relationship. Right, right. I wouldn't be shocked to see the Browns go get Lincoln Riley from mm-hmm. Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, right, then who then right, is Mike right. McCarthy just like? Sitting out there. Sitting out there like, hey, right. I'm and right that's, here. That's a very
0: big possibility, right? We don't know who's on the hot seat. Marvin Lewis, obviously, from Cincinnati, could be out there. But yeah. if they put Hugh Jackson in charge, which would be the most Cincinnati bangle thing ever <laughs> to do, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, obviously, a couple other teams. Even like the Baltimore Ravens, for instance, are another team I that could... are kind of on the fringe that could make a coaching change. Lots of interesting stuff. I'm sure later as we get into the offseason, we'll, we'll tackle a lot of those topics. But now on to the second biggest topic of the, of the afternoon and something that I know a lot of the sports the sports world has been buzzing about is the college football playoff. Obviously, Sunday college football selections have got picked. It's going to be Alabama, it's going to be Clemson, it's going to be Notre Dame, and it's going to be Oklahoma and that four seed. No Ohio State, no Washington, no Big Ten champion again for the second consecutive year in the college football playoff. That's huge numbers. Let's just get it straight off, right down the point yes or no. Did the committee get it right? I think they got it right. They got it right. And okay, why? Why, are I the, think why did they get it right? I think it's very Ohio State fan is mad at you right
1: now. <laughs> they're probably just ready to throw us. <laughs> to stop this podcast yeah, right, right now. It's it's the first first episode. But sad to say, that twenty-nine point loss to Purdue mm-hmm.
0: isn't going to cut it. Now, yeah. do you do you think that that hinders them more than Notre Dame not having a bowl game? I think that's where the conversation
1: starts. However. Taking, I just take out Ohio State as a whole because you're gonna switch
0: out anybody. I think you put Georgia in there. Okay, so now that's that's a topic right there, and the case, and that kind of leads us to our next one. If anybody Mm -hmm. had the strongest case to be in, who missed the cut? You're saying Georgia. I think Georgia. A two-loss Georgia team. You really think, even though they lost to Bama in the SEC championship game, now just by the way they play, their strength of schedule. Where where are you getting the the the? balls to say that, you know, you can really go out there and say, no, Georgia's one of the top four teams in the country.
1: Well, when you look at who Alabama's Mm -hmm. played, Mm -hmm. the best team in the country the whole season, right? they've blown out LSU. Mm -hmm. They've blown out X team, you know. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, they do have an impressive resume. Yeah, Their schedule isn't the toughest, Mm -hmm. but they do blow everybody out. So that's something to say. But Georgia giving them the toughest challenge and being down 14 in the fourth,
0: Right, and making
1: that a game. And making that a game. And then injury Tua,
0: where now right, the right. Heisman watch. Well, then, I, I mean... Right, that's a whole That's a whole thing. And you got to think, and this is just obviously hypotheticals at this point, but yeah. imagine if Georgia won that game. Oh, yeah. Does Bama still get in at that point I would with s- an injured Tua? I would
1: believe that they get in. But Oklahoma, man, I mean... The only loss on the seasons to Texas by a last-second field goal, and, they and then they go world. out and they win by double digits in the championship game. Right. I don't know how you leave them out. Right. Do
0: you think there was any way for Ohio State? Say, say Bama wins. Right. Say, say Notre Dame. Obviously, they're undefeated. So I think that just because they are Notre Dame, unfortunately, they are, yeah. they have a pedigree there, and and Clemson obviously easily walking away with the ACC. Yeah. Do you think that if say if it was a closer game or Oklahoma loses? and Penn State blows out Northwestern, do you think that there's a little more of a shift there, and do you still think Georgia gets in? Or does Ohio State, with that Big Ten championship win, somehow sneak in there, even with that terrible defense? I think Ohio
1: State needed to just... Absolutely destroy Northwest. It needed right. to be like forty nine three. Right. I mean, Northwestern is a four loss team now. Right. Now the week be- their biggest win, I think is the second biggest win of the season. Right. When they Ohio went out and just demolished Michigan. Right. It was ranked number four. Right. I think with Alabama beating Georgia, those mm-hmm. are the two biggest wins on the season. Right. However, I do think that Oklahoma beating their only loss to Texas and then just beating everyone in the Big 12, winning right.
0: their
1: championship. Right. I. It's hard. It's I'm hard not right? put, I don't know how you don't that And that's put the thing, that too.
0: And I think that the committee had a tough challenge because you look at Oklahoma and you look at Ohio State, there's a lot of similarities there, right? They're both really good offensively. They're both a disgrace defensively, if you yeah. look at it, right? And granted, that is kind of what the Big 12 does. There are a lot of you know run-and-shoot type of offenses. Yeah. The defense is not a priority, right? And, and Lincoln Riley is clearly making... You know, some serious amounts of money off of that offense, and just basically ignoring the defense altogether. Is there any team that you would take out of the top four for anybody else? Oh man, I know it's tough. Objectively, because cause right, cause I know we're Ohio State I know, fans here. Sorry, guys. I know. But I think that is there. But I, I don't know. I think they got it right. Honestly, at the end of the day, I think Ohio State has played a lot of close games. That Maryland game, for instance, that they escaped with the skin of their teeth. They barely beat Penn State. They barely had a couple games there where even that TCU game was close for the first <laughs> half. You know yep. what I mean? And so you kind of you look at what Ohio State did. Granted, you know they took it to Michigan, and I can say it until I'm blue in the face. Until Michigan beats Ohio State, they're not beating Ohio State. Let's put it that way. Yeah, but but I agree with that. It, I agree with you 100%, and that win was a statement win, and I think that oh, yes. put them in the conversation. However, I think that Big Ten teams as a whole do not benefit as much from their bowl game because of the other side, right, where you have Wisconsin, Iowa, Northwestern, That other half of the conference is not nearly as strong as the other half. We're Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, Penn yeah. State. You've got teams every year that are are going undefeated into that bowl or are one loss. You know, I, I firmly believe if Michigan beats Ohio State, they beat Northwestern by two touchdowns oh, and they go in and they're I fine. Think, you think, know what yeah, I, mean? I think they're fine. Granted, they get demolished by Bama pretty much immediately. Yeah. But still, you know what I mean? So I think they got it right. I don't think that I don't think that anybody missed the cut that should have made it. I know the UCF fans have like, well, they've been on two or years. Okay, play somebody with legitimate legitimate yeah. credentials for instance and when you have the right. 126 roughest right. right. schedule in the whole nation exactly that's right that's right there. I, get won, it, I understand team. it's hard to win and honestly i think you guys are getting the boise state treatment from quite a few years ago where you, you were dominant against your competition that's and that's that leads to this too do you think the 18 playoffs should be implemented Do you look at you you've even said it yourself a two-loss georgia team you think could very has every right to be in that college football playoff just like Ohio State does, just like Washington does. UCF's been undefeated for two straight years. Yep. And yet they're getting snubbed once again. That's that's a situation where I think the committee and college and you know the NCAA really has to look at it and say, Man, there's a lot of teams that have the right to be there. Yep. And you know, bowl games and otherwise, you're looking at it and you go, Wow, lots of stuff there. And that kinda I think gets rid of some of the argument from a team like UCF who doesn't play as strong as schedule isn't as big a school and to say you know what you got your chance you're going to get your chance against the big boys you'll be the 8th seed you'll play Bama yep. you'll go get demolished but the, at least that ends the conversation
1: now this eighteen playoff I think they should definitely imp- implement it Yeah. however here's how I would do it There's, mm-hmm. I think there's wrong I've heard a lot of stuff like oh you should do this and this I, I think there's a few ways you should do it right. number one the power 5 schools Pac-12 Big 12 yep. SEC Big 10 80. and ACC right you win that, you're in. You right. get the automatic bid. Okay. Because here's the thing: say like Northwestern pulls on upset. Right. I kind of think you deserve that. If right. you go through you the Big Ten, and right. you win the Big Ten, right? I think you should get in. Yeah. Now that's a a like four. That's a tough sell. Yeah. So I think if you win your conference championship, you're mm-hmm. in. And also, just side note would also force Notre Dame to be like, hey, we need maybe to join a power five. maybe we should join a power five mm-hmm. because. You know, because I think after that, after the power five, you could either do this is where you could change it. You could do undefeated skid in. So, say UCF, you're undefeated, you're in. Right. Mm -hmm. Or you could do it as, you know, just like a committee could pick the next three best teams. Right. Based on strength of schedule, strength 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 of wins, how they do it right now. Right. But the five wins, Mm -hmm. the five people that win in their Mm -hmm. conference, you're in. Right. Because then it just. This weekend, this past weekend, half the games, Ohio State, you're like, oh, Oklahoma won, so they're probably not going to get it anyway. Notre Dame, they win, or Northwestern, they win, who cares? Right. Now, this last Saturday, Mm -hmm. which would be College Football Championship Saturday, every game means something. The Washington-Utah game, how many people really watched that game? Right, because Washington had no shot. Because Washington had no shot. But if Washington goes out and wins, right. and now they're in, right. everyone's everything oh, changes." Everything changes, right? And, and then makes, makes those games. games that
0: more important. And I think too, I think that makes, I think that makes the NCAA even more mm. must-watch TV than than normally, right? Because. Yep. He, Obviously, Ohio State, Northwestern. The only reason why you're watching that game is to see Northwestern pull out the upset, right? You yeah, really that's... care about that Oklahoma game because if Oklahoma wins, there's no way Ohio State's jumping Oklahoma exactly. at that point. You're right. You're absolutely right. And I think that that's something that they really need to look at for teams. You know, I know Michigan fans are clamoring for it because we're never going to get there without it. So <laughs> it's one of those things where how about we just beat our rivals and you know yeah, maybe that would that, okay. help too. That would help. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, staying in the staying in the state, obviously, but but moving on to a different sport, maybe it'll kind of lighten our spirits a little. A bit. Michigan basketball hot start, right? Coming off a couple major wins. They just beat Purdue, the nineteenth team ranked in the country. They just came off another big win against North Carolina, put a spanking on them, which was which was great feeling personally. Just generally, how are we feeling about this Michigan team? I feel
1: fantastic about this Michigan team. Yeah.
0: Do you ever just
1: watch mm-hmm. Michigan's defense and just think, wow, they're so much better coach than any other team in the yes, nation? Yes, absolutely. Like, I know. It's, it's, how, it's whatever they I mean, There's a the zone B-Line man is. thing that they do, mm-hmm. and they just know when to rotate, and everyone can guard everybody. It's a trust factor too. It's, 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 100%, it's, it's 100% trust.
0: It's beautiful, gelled together. I think B-Line has got them in a, in a, in a, in a funk or, or something. I guess funk's not the right word, but... It, they're just gelling at the, you know at a time where at the beginning of the season they're starting off really hot. The only worry I have is they have a possibility. Looking at their schedule, they're going to play teams like Air Force. You're going to play some some crappier teams yeah. coming up here, but you're going to play right before you get into Big Ten play. You could be 13 and 0 going into Big Ten play. Yeah, you know I the, mean.
1: The, the, beefy part of your big-time play. Right, exactly. Like early ones. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that'll
0: be something to take a look at. So, obviously, you know, they're, what, the number seven team in the country right now? No, they, they, just up? Up? Yep, they just went to five. They just went to five, They're in right? the top five now. now. that's big. I can't remember the last time Michigan's been that high in the regular season without yep. making a late conference push. Yep, you know what I, I mean? Don't, I couldn't name you that, that. That's crazy. But, I mean, so to, to piggyback off that, what you're looking at is, What's the ceiling? Now, granted, it's early. We're seven games in, right? But I know for a fact, and this is something that, you know, Michigan State fans can even look at, too. You know, Michigan State played a couple big games earlier on in the season just to, you know, because that's how Izzo does things. But Michigan has now has two wins over ranked opponents by double digits almost, and it really kind of set the tone for their whole season right now. As far as... Oh, three ranked I think teams, three, actually. Villanova, I think, and, was Oh, yeah, there? and Villanova, right. That was a complete beatdown. Yeah. I can't believe I forgot about that. But you look at it and you go, what's the ceiling? I know it's, I know it's early, yeah. and I know, I know this is all speculation, but you're looking at it. I don't know if this is not the best they've played in early. the regular season early like this
1: in a long time. Michigan is one of those teams that just catch fire way more around... The- Yeah, Big Ten tournament to the The actual tournament, the March Mm -hmm. Madness tournament. Right. I I don't recall a time that they're just so hot.
0: Right, and so early from everybody. You know, you're getting contributions everywhere, and and you think that you're going to take that step back. You know, you lose Mo. You you think that okay, that's our guy. Clearly, you've got some pieces now. um, You know, with Xavier Simpson, and you've got you know you got what's the big man Teske going in there, and you get the freshman who's probably going to be one and done. You look at oh, this yeah, team, you look exactly. at this team, and you're like, "Wow, you know." And I think Beeline. Nice. I don't know if this is the most talented team he's ever had. I know that first championship run with with Hardaway and with McGarry and with Burke. That was a yeah, really that, that was, was a really that great, was, great basketball team.
1: I think this one's very similar to that one. I do too, and that's what's can, crazy. It's crazy because they got they have no like. Big name guys, no, I would no, say. Not. Air quotes on that. They yeah. like, you mm-hmm. know, their starting lineup is what: Charles mm-hmm. Matthews, Jordan Poole, Simpson, right. Teskey, and then the freshman who's uh, ambidextrous, so right? Can shoot with both hands. Yeah, exactly. Like, right. Where do you find that guy? But yeah. like, they have no like huge five star. They didn't get Zion. Nope. They didn't get uh, no. Are they're not? No one's, talking,
0: no one's talking about it until now, right? Yeah. It's It's after these couple wins here where they've kind of started stacking up a little bit of a resume, and I think that. I think Beeline feels it. I think the team is gelling, and I think that 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 run to the NCAA title game last year is really fueling this. And I think they thought, wow, that's where we need to be. You know, Villanova was so much better than them at that game, right? They, oh, I mean, yeah. they just completely bombarded them offensively, right? Just completely slaughtered yeah. them, right? So you look at it and you go, wow, that's where we need to be, and that's where we need to be at at the end of the year. And we're starting off, I, I was almost worried that there would be a little bit of a drop-off just based off the fact that you're losing some of your key your key pieces, and there hasn't been. It's been the complete opposite. They've been on fire all week, all year. I so mean, would you say where? are so Michigan's
1: ranked right now at five. Right. Do you think they're the fifth best team? Oh. That's that's tough. You know, you look at some of these teams. You look at Duke, yep. obviously. Because the first five I'll just give you is Gonzaga, Kansas, mm-hmm. Duke, Virginia, then Michigan. Wow. Who's number? Who's six? Nevada. Then Nevada. You hit Nevada. <laughs> then you hit Tennessee, Auburn, Kentucky,
0: Michigan State. Hmm. It's like well, top that's. Ten. I mean, that's tough because I look at it like Nevada. See, that's... See, that's where you kind of get into it, right? Is You look at some of these teams, like in Nevada, where you're like, where the hell is this coming from? You yep. know what I mean? So I think I think that puts a damper on it a little bit for me. I don't know if they're the fifth-best team, but I do know this, is that defensively, they I can think. compete with anybody. And I think that's what makes them dangerous. They're so well-coached. They're so disciplined. They don't turn the ball over. you got big seven-foot guys like Teske diving on the ground for loose balls. <laughs> yeah. That Those are moments and that stuff that you see... Teams and you know and players buying in to what your coach is selling. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. And Beeline has been to two NCAA finals now. He's been to what three Final Fours, I think. So yep. it's been one of those things where you go and you're like, this team is clearly on a trajectory. You're, we're not getting the five stars like you mentioned. We're not even sometimes getting four stars. Yeah. And, but that's you're all. making chicken salad out of chicken bleep. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> kind of that's kind of how it is. Yep. But to bring mention to that, right? Because they are the fifth best team in the country right now has Michigan officially taking over the state as the best basketball team? Because there's, there's an argument to be made that Michigan State, for the past 10 years, took over football. Oh, you know, yes. Yeah. I, I mean, completely did. You know what I mean? Eight and two in the past 10 years. I
1: guess. Really, so, yep, yeah, I there's no
0: – but, but now, Michigan State hasn't won a Big Ten tournament yet. Mm-hmm. Michigan State hasn't beaten Michigan, you know – consecutively, in a few years, Michigan State's had early exits in the round of 64. Michigan has made an Elite Eight run two years ago. They made the championship run the year before. Granted, it got set up for them pretty nicely, but you still had to win to get there. Michigan State has not done that. They have not lived up to that hype. They were the number one team in the country last year at one point. And they completely—they just, you know, they crap themselves yeah, on the biggest stage. you want to talk about
1: the show against Mid Tennessee
0: State? Right. That's, but that, that, that's <laughs> the thing, though, right? Some four foot five guy who I'm barely taller than, you know what I mean, they is writing up 30 points. On, on. You know? <laughs> so that's the question: Has Beeline and has this Michigan program basketball-wise officially taken over Izzo? I th- I would say so,
1: and I think Beeline. This might be a hot take. I think he's probably looking at all the other coaches. I think yeah. he's. You know, top two, top three coach in the country. Yeah, you know, I, I, I wouldn't argue. With I that. think he might be passing Coach K mm-hmm. at Duke mm-hmm. because yeah. when you get the top three recruits, right, and you and you still lose, right. I mean, it was to Gonzaga, granted, who's not right. number one, but I mean, come on, you got Zion,
0: you got RJ Barrett, and you yeah. still lose. And Michigan's going out there beating teams by twenty, right? Do you think that? Do you think that B line is benefiting a little bit now that you bring up Coach K? And- that Coach K has really had to adjust the way he coaches, too, based off the fact that you have the one and done. That's what's killing California. I think, right I now. think that's killing a you lot know, of teams. You know, know what is, I mean? Because Michigan's not getting those high recruits. So, because of that, you're able to grow. And develop some of these guys, right? Like you have a senior on a team on this team right now who's yeah. starting for it. Who's the last guy that was a, <laughs> a senior, senior? <laughs> to start on a big on a top five program besides Michigan State because Miles Bridges is weird. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? So wh- where are you seeing that you know like I think an upperclassman stay because he believes and he's like, okay, if I stay here, we got a real chance to do yeah. something. I think that's why people like uh, Matthews and a lot of those guys
1: mm-hmm. stayed from last year. I mean. Grant like Gary left and yep. um, Wagner left and yep. all those guys, but like man, some of these guys were probably like, "Wow, we we got to this championship game, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. everyone's staying, and our team's gonna get better."
0: Right. Right. And, and that's I, the I yeah. think they're buying into the B-line system. Mm-hmm. And I, it's that it's that weird defense. It's just it's it's a beautiful thing to watch. If you haven't seen Michigan basketball play, I, I highly recommend it. just go look up some clips against North Carolina or Villanova and just watch the the fluidity of how they play and and the intensity and everything else like that. It's it's truly a sight to see. And I am so excited for the and I, it bums me out that they don't play Michigan State till like March. Like yeah. or like you know February time at the very end of the year. So that'll be some great, great basketball. Hopefully Michigan and Michigan State are both kinda rising there with Michigan just a little bit more. Um, but moving on now to the big squad, Pistons, right? A team that's been completely... We've ignored them for years. You know what I mean? I mean I, I, let's be real here. I think this is the first time anybody's talked about the Detroit Pistons in probably about five seasons. I would you know, you, since they drumming got Yeah, even more, right? Thing. Yeah, exactly. That was the last Glimmer of Hope, and then we saw how that worked out. But winners of five in a row... They just got off a big win on Saturday against Golden State with Steph Curry on the floor, mind you. Mm-hmm. So it's not a weakened Golden State, if yeah. you can call it that, for whatever reason, which is ridiculous. But, <laughs> three all-stars. Right, three all-stars instead of five. I'm sorry. <laughs> but huge win over the Warriors. They got a pretty big win over the Rockets not that long ago either, mm-hmm. dropping a close one the night before to them mm-hmm. on their home court. Uh, you look at this team, Blake Griffin, playing out of his mind Right now. Clearly taking Drummond under his wing. Truly believing in the Dwayne Casey system. I don't know. I mean, that win over the Warriors. That, those wins over the Rockets. I know the Rockets are a little struggling right now. But there's still a ton of talent on that basketball oh, 100%. team. 100%. Do those mean anything? Or is it too early?
1: I would say I, it's never too early. Mm-hmm. You know, I say for football, even though it is less games, right. you know, like the Dallas game, if we're going to go to football for a minute, yeah. you know, if we win that game, if we win the Jets game, if we win those early games, right. now you're looking at a better season. Right, you're looking at a totally with, different picture. Right? Yep. Yeah. I think these early, especially against West teams where you only meet the Warriors twice, yep. instead of, you know, you might meet Boston five times, four right. times, you right. know. So losing one early, okay, you can win the next couple. Right. But, the you know, some of these... Big West teams that, oh, the West is so strong and impossible to beat. And then you're going out and you're beating the Rockets, you're beating the Warriors.
0: Tonight you play OKC. Right, that could be a big one. That's a big one. If you win that one. Right, now you're kind of rolling a little bit. Right, and those are big teams too that you could possibly see. You know, obviously the Warriors are the favorites going in. You haven't played LeBron and the Lakers yet. I know that's coming up here in a few months. That'll be a big matchup to see. But do you think that with this hot start that they've had, and I know they kind of went in a bit of a losing streak at the beginning of the year, but. They're kind of rolling now. They're kind of fitting in a gel a little bit. You got pieces. I know Reggie Jackson's playing better because he's healthy. The pick and roll is working. You know, finally. You know, but do you think you know this is the second season now where Blake Griffin is a Detroit Piston? Is this going to be his first full season? You know, it was Van Gundy's last stand to kind of get a superstar to Detroit, even if it's an aging one with a terrible contract. But he's here (laughs) nonetheless. But do you think that this is a playoff? Uh, do you think that this is a must playoff? Uh, must they gotta be there? They gotta be a, a top eighteen. this think, point. I think they have now. to be there. With
1: Casey being there, I think with Van Gundy, people yeah. are just like, oh, it's Van Gundy, you know. They right. with Casey. Right. He's shown with Toronto. Right. Hey, every year I can be the best team in the East, right? At least, right? Even the best team in the NBA, right? Um, you know, you got the pieces now. Uh-huh. I mean, when you look at it early, you're beating teams like the Warriors and the Rockets. Like you got the pieces. Mm-hmm around there consistently you're, consistently you're, you're winning too. consistently right it's not like oh you beat the warriors and then you lost uh, six in a row right six in a row yep. no, you're you're 14 and what well 14 at seven now trying to find it yeah. right 14 yeah. and seven right
0: going into this mm-hmm. and i think that's a big and i think that is something that people really need to look at and say okay dwayne case i know he, he just won coach of the year that you can read into that what you want but you yep. took a toronto team with with two really big pieces you know laurie and de they couldn't get over that lebron you know mountain and, and let's be real, nobody could if we're being honest with ourselves. Here. So, if you look at it and you go, okay, with the exception of LeBron, if LeBron James didn't exist, we could be talking about a completely different NBA, right? We could be talking about a completely different how Dwayne Casey is viewed and how Toronto's viewed. Toronto could easily have a championship right now, you know what I mean? Absolutely. It's a very, very, it's not that unreasonable. I get it, you know, the Warriors are this impossible task and uh, to deal with, but at the end of the day they did have the best record. They were the number one seed. They, they, they did play a certain high standard of basketball that Toronto has not seen ever. 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 <laughs> ever. You know what I mean? You can take Vince Carter's dunk Vince. contest, but that doesn't win you much at nope. the end of the day. You know? <laughs> so I definitely think that playoffs are, are almost a must here. You don't, there's not enough depth in the East for you not to be a playoff I think team. they should at least
1: be a playoff
0: team. Cause when you hopefully look, a series win.
1: Yeah, let's look at I mean, when you look at
0: it, okay, so you
1: got Boston. Right. You got Philly. Right. You got Milwaukee. Okay. And then what do you got? I mean let's I mean what the Pacers? Right. Are you in Toronto what next? In oh in Toronto. Toronto. In And yeah, Toronto. Yeah. In Toronto. Right. And after those four, I mean what you are first in the Pacers. Yep. You know. Right. Um Maybe Charlotte with Charlotte. Yeah. You know. There's a couple there's, there's a couple there's teams a couple in the bottom. Yeah. Right. But I think you're easily could slide in at five six. Right. And then depending I mean, if he can coach how he's been coaching with the Raptors, right. you can maybe move up to the 2-3.
0: Yeah, right. And I, I think that's the thing. And I think health, obviously, is huge. Oh, yeah. Because if Blake goes down, we're totally screwed. Yes. But I think if you look at that, and you, and you look at that game, especially against the Warriors at the, at the end there, you notice a couple things. You notice you know, Blake really taking over at key moments in time, right? Really facilitating. Doing, I'm not going to compare him to LeBron and how they play, but I am going to say that LeBron with the Lakers now and LeBron when he was in Cleveland was playing that point-forward role. And I think Blake is really trying to take control of this team and embrace this team similar to what he had in the Clippers where, okay, I need to be the guy and I need to be the one to facilitate because all eyes are on me, you know what I mean? And I think that... Allowing him to move with the basketball and then setting other people up because you have some decent shooters on this team You really do Reggie Jackson being healthy is ginormous for them. Andre Drummond Understanding that he's not supposed to be outside of the paint at (laughs) any point in time is important for this team There's a lot of pieces here that I think they can build off of and if they can do it At a time where they're in cap hell right now. their salary cap is totally out of whack if they can manage to Get a couple series wins out of this in the next two seasons. Reggie Jackson's free agent. You got more cap space. Drummond's coming up at that point. I mean, you're stuck with Blake forever, but you can deal with one max contract, not three max contracts. I think that's a big thing to take a look at. We're gonna obviously monitor their situation and kind of see how they are. But just ballpark it right now with everything that I just threw at you—the salary cap situation, everything else like that. How far away are they? I mean, are they? Are they two years? Are they three years? Are they four years? I mean. Are they not? Is it not until Blake is done, and then we gotta like? I don't wait and completely I restart. I
1: don't think when I watch him, I don't. Blake's not the problem. Mm-hmm. His cap hit is the problem, right? It's, right. And I I mean, it's he plays. If if he was taking like ten million left, I mean, what is he getting like thirty million? Yeah, like I think, it's like 30, I think it's Something thirty million. It's like guaranteed. something absolutely insane. Yep. If he was just taking a little bit less than that, mm-hmm. I think. If you want me to be completely honest, I think you are one elite shooter. Maybe elite defender away Mm -hmm. from like really bumping yourself up because Reggie Bullock. I'm not gonna. He's a good three point shooter. Right. Let Let me just throw a scenario out there where say next year Golden State starts separating and Mm -hmm. we can somehow get Clay Thompson. Jeez! So like just throwing wow. a situation out there. If right. you're getting someone like Clay Thompson, right. I think that's the piece mm-hmm. where you could have like a Reggie Jackson running point. You right. have Drummond and Blake down low, right. and then you just have that sure
0: shooter. Right, and it was a good defender? too He was a very good defender? Right, but you got that, that sure shooter. knees really quickly. Really? Yep, and
1: that's then you can even keep Stanley in there and play some defense because right. you know we saw him against LeBron
0: play yeah. good. Uh, but I'm just saying. That's, a, that's that's totally a That's, totally some, that's something too with, with something at. where I feel like if you took Clay off of Golden State, right? I think that hurts Golden State more than people realize, and I think, I think also that's somebody that, like you just mentioned, a good three point shooter, of the bet would immediately come to be the best pure shooter on your roster. Oh, yep, 100%. and also a guy who can stretch the floor. I think that's a that would be humongous. That would be awesome. I don't know if they have the camp space to do it, but now would let me it bring up awesome? one more point about this.
1: Yeah, so. Trade that line is it for a little bit, right? But do you think we're gonna hear any rumors from the Pistons individually about r- the trades? only way I
0: can see that happening is if they can somehow I can imagine them. Hopefully, they would maybe swap bad contracts, and what I mean by that is, is that a lot of times what you'll see is a team will give up a bad contract, they'll take back a bad contract, and then maybe they'll swap draft picks or something like that. Yeah, I they don't have a ton of cap space; they got almost none. You got a guy like John Luer. Who has played no meaningful minutes for you since he signed. He's been injured. He signed a four-year, like $47 million deal when he came here. I don't know what the hell they were thinking. But (laughs) you look at it and you go, that's a guy, if we can get that him off, right? Our our books, that's ginormous. That's huge. You know what I mean? If that that's really it. But the problem is, is what you've done is you've kicked the can down. Now, granted, Josh Smith's coming out the books next in a couple years too. That's gonna help you. That's five million dollars a year too. But exactly, yeah. You've kicked you've kicked the can down the road a little bit, where you've given up first round draft picks for guys too. You gave up your first round pick to get Blake Griffin. You gave up some pieces. So, with that being said, you look at and you go, "Wow, we gave up Blake Griffin, or we got Blake Griffin. Great, but we just kind of mortgaged the future a little bit." And that, I think, is where this team needs to be better. It's the draft. You need to find these guys yeah. to where, you know, you need to make a move. You need to do something. Donovan Mitchell was staring you in the face, and you just went, nah, I'm good. Yeah, we you, need to stop what, having these what are you doing? wow, you know, the draft before, you could have had Clay
1: Thompson, but instead you drafted X player. Luke, right, yeah, exactly. Luke Crenard instead uh, yeah, of Donovan, Donovan Mitchell, Mitchell or whatever. Right. Like, yeah, I hear that every... Single day I talked about Pistons. Yeah. Oh man, wouldn't it be cool. If we would have drafted Clay Thompson instead of yeah right. X. Yeah, or whoever yeah, we drafted you know. that year. Yeah, uh, it's rough. It's just yeah, you rough. could have
0: Kemba Walker instead. You took uh, you took Knight instead. Yeah, you know? Brandon Knight. Yeah, I took Brandon Knight. Oh yeah, yeah. And look what he's oh, great doing job. I yeah. appreciate you, buddy. But, okay. So, obviously, we'll monitor that situation pretty closely. I know they're kind of a streaky team. The NBA is up and down, and we're we're just getting into it. But by Christmas, we should definitely know what this team is and really have an understanding of how this race is going to shape up and kind of get a feel of, all right, are we the fourth? Are we the fifth? Are we on the cusp? Are we not? What's going on? But that's going to be something to monitor, obviously. If you want to
1: know right now, we are the fourth. Okay, cool. And we are. Who's fifth? It goes Raptors are one, Bucks, Sixers, Pistons. Pacers, Celtics, Hornets, Magic. Wow, the Celtics are And then are there's, far low, huh? there's a three-game
0: gap between the Magic and the Heat and Wizards, who are right at 9-10. Oh, I forgot about the Wizards, too, man. That's another team. A lot of teams are <laughs> floundering right now. That's why I think Christmas is a good cutoff date. Come, Christmas kind of really is a great... And right after the Christmas games, right the big games, you can you go. Kind of okay, feel, where are you? Get a feel, right? Yeah. And I remember too, even as a kid, watching the Pistons on Christmas. Right, they put the Lakers. They play some team. Yeah. With Chauncey and Rip, and it's just it was just a grand old time. All right, segueing a little bit now, different than normal podcasts that talk about just genuine sports and sports topics. We here at I'm always right. We talk about. Some other things. We, we kind of branch out a little bit. We, we broaden our horizons and we, we go a little bit into the combat sports area. Not so much the UFC. It's fun and everything. Talk to me when McGregor's fighting again or John Jones. But we kind of dabble a little bit in the professional wrestling realm. And I know what you're going to say. It's not a sport. It's fake. Whatever. Well, here, here's the reality of it. I, we opened the show saying that we are going to open your minds and, and enlighten you to a world that you don't even know about yet that's this portion of the show every week we're going to do some sort of wrestling topic or wrestling topics it could be a whole wrestling show you might just have to sit through and bear with us but i promise you that by the end you're going to really enjoy it and you're going to really get some intake and get some insight and understand why we like why we like this why we're talking about it why it's so interesting even if it's so much not about the action maybe it's about the storyline it's about the intrigue it's about the backstage stuff the drama so many different layers that we can delve into every single week that i think that you really need to pay attention to, and something you should really be turning on and tuning into, if for no other reason, the sheer comedy of it, which is what leads me to <laughs> our next topic, Monday Night Raw, the the WWE's flagship show. You know, it's been you know, running for 25-30 years, longest weekly episodic television show ever. You know, the whole the whole kit and caboodle. Bank. And yet, last week. I guess this is the worst week ever to start a podcast, including wrestling. Because last week on Monday Night, you had the worst, and I mean the worst, Monday episode Raw. of Raw I've ever seen. And I've been watching, you know, I'm a 24-year-old man. I've been watching literally since I was born. So you have know, to think, I've been here a while. i, I, I <laughs> some—I got some time invested in this show. And you look at it and you go, wow, this is really bad. This is terrible. What the heck are we doing? And, and, you, and you read on some of the dirt sheets that Vince McMahon, the owner, the CEO, chairman, you know, it was really hands-on with that week, and obviously that was a total disaster. But I'm going to ask you, Mike, because, you know, you've been watching wrestling for quite a long time, too. Yep. And we talk about it pretty frequently, and we watch all the pay-per-views, you know, from all the different companies. But last week, I know you got a chance to review it. It can't get worse, right? Like, like it can't, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, last week was really, really bad. It can't get worse.
1: I read from Ringside News... This past week That Baron Corbin Uh One of the wrestlers On the show Who's the acting GM from the show You know (laughs) He was on the show For 93 minutes Now if you want To talk (sighs) about it The show is three hours With commercials Involved He was on the screen for 93 minutes. Just one guy. I'm, on, I'm going
0: to take, take a break here for one second. I'm going to give him a little bit of props, though. He's annoying and he's you know he's pretty dull. But being <laughs> on the screen for 93 minutes, that's a lot of stuff to memorize as far as talking as well as competing. Let's so all slide out and yep. give some props to Barry I'll Gordon. give props
1: to him, but I mean, do we need Good to see Lord. any? Per- I, I can't say that because there yeah. are some guys I would love to see for 93 minutes on right. Raw right. Yeah. or any other show that we watch. Right, But the show as a whole was, I I think yeah. it's just uneventful. Yeah. Like, You're right. there, it's just, okay, you see the same matches <laughs> over and over again. Mm-hmm. There's sixty six women tag matches. Mm-hmm. There's, right, Baron sure, carbon versus Finn Balor at some point will happen on the on show. On the show. <laughs> at one point, either in the opening or to main event the show. Right. Um, For whatever reason. Dean Ambrose will never show up, except he's supposed to be there tonight, but he'll just never show up. Right. And Rollins will stand in the ring and go, okay, open challenge. And yep. then, Ziggler answered. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Swim yeah, swim swim. Swim. Oh, okay. And, and
0: granted, don't get us wrong here. A lot of people I know, and I know a lot of professional wrestlers even, we follow on Twitter and they say fans are too picky and they're, and they're stubborn and it's like we're putting our bodies in line. We totally understand and respect that process. But yeah. as fans, though, at the same time, and you look at it and you go, man, you have some possibilities and you have this whole farm system of people that you could be plucking massive amounts of talents from and i understand it's it's you know you got to find that spot and you got to have something for you and i get it but Man, oh, man, are you guys really testing that patient sometimes. And you do really oh blur God. that line. And I, it doesn't need to be. I know a lot of people go back to the Attitude Era, the mid-1990s, and they say, why can't it be like that? It can't be like that. It's a totally different world now than it was 20 years ago. And you got to people, yes, we got to remember, it's 2018. It's not 2000 anymore. It, yep. it, everything is different. Everybody's offended by everything. I'm sure somebody got offended by me just saying that. <laughs> it is what it is. But it, you got to understand, and we get it and from a PG perspective, but... PG doesn't have to mean boring. PG doesn't have to mean repetitive. PG doesn't have to mean that we can't be invested in matches. And and Dolph Ziggler versus Seth Rollins on any other night probably is a good match. And a pay-per-view match, you're getting quality entertainment for two guys that are two of the very best in the industry at what they do. But when you've seen it 15 times in a month and a half, over and over again, with the same result 95% of the time, I kind of get it. We got it. They're good. We understand. What else you got? Do you think that
1: Raw... And I'll also say SmackDown. I don't think SmackDown's been as bad. Mm -hmm. I'll say Raw... Yeah, I thought SmackDown last week it was a pretty nice show. Pretty nice show, yep. Do you think... I know the length Mm -hmm. is quite a factor. factor. Mm -hmm. Do you think that the NXT is a factor why fans are just like... Oh, it's uh, so just because oh, you when absolutely. you when you just look at it and you mm-hmm. go compare, okay, right. this one hour and you had Ricochet right. and Pete Dunne in a right. title versus title match, right. and then on Raw you had Finn Balor, Baron Corbin. Again. Again. Right. Or you I, have yes, Adam Cole in a triple threat match versus X people. Right. Or and then you got Sasha Banks vs. Bailey for the 100th time. Right. Like, how, like,
0: do you think it's... Well, I think, too... Yeah, I guess. The, the comparative to yes. the show? The short answer is absolutely. Absolutely, you do. But the problem I think that WWE runs into, and I think that is something... I do feel, though, that if NXT were to go two hours, right, I feel like you'd get the same feedback sometimes. I agree. Because I do feel they are relied, especially right now, they're relying really heavily on Ricochet and the NXT brand right now. That, along with Champa and Gargano... Have really been, and maybe the undisputed area you can throw in there, have really been the four main causes. You know, yep. and and I, I watch NXT and everything, and their takeovers are amazing, but the show itself sometimes kind of boring. I don't okay. need to see, you know, the squash matches and stuff. I get it, you're building up talent, but some of these middle middle card people, like you know, that that Kona Reeves guy or whatever his name is, the finest. Like, I'm gonna be honest with you, bro, I don't care. You know what I mean? You beat a whole like bunch of squash guys, but then you lose. You know, anybody honest, any sort of relevant. I
1: watch NXT either after it premieres, yeah, maybe like the day after, or yeah. just like at nine o'clock Eastern right. time, where right. Eastern time here, um, right after it starts, yeah. because some of the stuff, at least the early stuff, yes. usually they have like the new developmental talents coming in and yes. doing their stuff, yes. At, yes. you know, you have. You know, I am a fan of Matt Riddle. Right? I yep. love when he comes out, but he's always in a squash match for yep. someone. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like that stuff just doesn't entertain. Right. Me. And I think that And then when you hit the main event, you get Alistair Black or Shiny gargano in the main event of one and the shows.
0: Right. And ultimate. you're okay. But that's the thing but, too, and you look at it and you go, you th- you t- we mentioned so many guys here in that in that brief amount of time. Gargano, Champa, Riddle, Black, um Cole, Cole Strong, O'Reilly, for the whole on the era, here, really. Velveteen, Dream, Ricochet. Uh, even guys like Donovan Dijak, Cassius. Oh, no. You've got guys, you know, that are EC3, you know. Yep. Lars Sullivan, I know, is going to be making his debut pretty soon. But you have a lot of guys that are just sitting there, waiting yep. and waiting and waiting. Keith Lee is another guy I that that's just some signed. Problem. Punishment Martinez from Ring of Honor, just That's signed. the
1: problem is it'll take them six to eight months for Punishment Martinez to, like, come in and make
0: ground. Right, exactly. I know like, yeah. Right. And and that's the thing. that's where you you look at it and you go you have all this talent. And I know. And you got to give WWE a little bit of break, you know, at least the main product because they're decimated with injuries right now. Kevin Owens out, Sami Zayn's out, you know, you got at guys least on the Raw side. At least on the Raw side, right? Especially the Raw side where you have guys that are hurt. Bobby Lash is working hurt right now. You got guys that are really taking one for the team. Brock's not there every week. Roman's obviously out with a with a medical situation. But Strowman got hurt. Yeah, Strowman's out now and he can't do anything physical for a while. You took everybody that was okay. You got Drew McIntyre and you got Seth Rollins. That's the extent of what you got on Raw right now. Let's be let's be completely honest with yep. you. Dean Ambrose even ain't showing up. He's not wrestling. The least you could do is put him out there and beat somebody up like Apollo Crews who's being underused or beat somebody in five minutes to to build yep. up that feud. But but nothing. But but more importantly, I guess, is it just a talent situation? Is it storyline? What what is the what do they need to do, especially in the main roster? Because I think they're telling some pretty good stories on NXT because they have more time to develop. There's not as many pay-per-views. It's every month now. It's
1: bam, 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 bam. Yeah. you got to keep going. I think, I think you just don't have the prolonged storylines. Mm-hmm. You don't have enough time in between. Right. I would say... Um, why takeovers are so special mm-hmm. is because even though Gargano and Champa went three times, like back to back to back, mm-hmm.
0: that's over a span of nine
1: months. Right, you know that they right. had their three matches,
0: and they were given time, and they were given to develop enough that match and really tell that story. Whereas a guy like you know, even even matches, you know, Seth Rollins and Shinsuke at Survivor Series went 12, 15 minutes, but if you, you're like, man, you could really get you could get more out of that, and you yeah. you have a time crunch, and you, if you actually built something towards that, Brock and Daniel Bryan went twelve minutes, but there was only you know two and a half minutes of actual wrestling yeah. there. You know? Well, I would also say the problem is like when you have a pay-per-view every month mm-hmm. and I'm
1: more of a fan of the overarching stories, mm-hmm. you know, like the Gargano-Champo where like, right. it's literally right. they've been having the storyline, if you guys don't know, for a year and a half now. Right. Like at WrestleMania where they're probably going to finish the feud. You would if assume. I'm you would assume. If I'm like, you know, fantasy booking, um, that would be what almost exactly would happen in June or July. Right. So it's like a year and a half from when they right. broke up as DIY. Right. Yep. WWE, you know, their longest storyline right now, I would say, is Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose. That happened three weeks ago. Right. right. They, don't have, they don't have any storylines. Yeah. And, and the blow-offs, right, two. and there's
0: not that big blow-off, right? Where, and, and it's hard, and, and you kind of have to walk that fine line, because obviously you go and you say, okay, we're looking at it, and you go, okay, Baron Corbin and Braun Strowman have been feuding for a while. Clearly, they're going to match the next pay-per-view, but then, okay, now that's happened, and and I think that they're in the unenviable position of okay. Say we do a clean finish, you know, because NXT is pretty pretty predominant. A lot of companies are. New Japan does this. Ring of Honor does this for the most part. Where they're clean finishes for the most part. One guy wins. One guy loses. That's the end of it. Yep. You know what I mean? And, and it happens. Where if you're WWE and you got to do you know twelve of these, you know at one point it was like twenty four where they were doing two a month, which was crazy.
1: Yeah. But they're like eighteen. Yeah, like exactly. Crazy. Where. Yeah.
0: It's hard because, all right, we want the we want this overarching feud like you're talking about to go for nine months, but, okay, I got Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose going at it in a ladder match for the Intercontinental. I don't even know. Is it a ladder match for the Intercontinental? No, that one's just a regular match. just a regular one. match? Yep. Oh, what a blow-on uh, <laughs> uh, You yeah. want to hear their great storylines? Yeah. Baron
1: Corbin and Braun, oh, Braun Strowman. Braun the TLC. TLC. Right. Yeah, field oh, bored.
0: But that's my point, though, is that you have these storylines and these gimmick matches and everything that they're building up to, but once it happens... You're kind of stuck because it's either, all right, we do a clean finish where, all right, Braun beats Baron. Okay, now where do you go? Because if you want this story to keep going, it's really difficult after one, two, three straight losses to the same guy to be like, why do I care? You know, why does the team, why do, why does the viewer care anymore about watching this if, okay, Baron's beat, or, you know, Corbin, you lost three times. You know, Mm -hmm. and then, but then they also get flack for saying, okay, well, Baron won this one. Okay, now Braun's gonna win this one, and that, and that 50 50 booking that they like to do. I understand why they do it, and I think sometimes it's difficult for people to understand, you know, why they're doing these things. I just think, and I don't know how you feel about it, but I just feel like they need an infusion, they need something for people to be excited about. And I know, and we'll talk about this on an episode, so we'll tease this now for next week, but there's a lot of talk of some other people that we haven't mentioned. That may or may not be doing some things outside of the WWE. Maybe coming to the WWE. We don't know. We're gonna oh, to we're, yeah, we're gonna yep, tease that and make you guys come back for next week. But that'll be something where we could look at and really talk about and really kind of do some fantasy booking there. But yeah, I think I an infusion that. of talent would really, really help the product yeah. right now. I think right now they're in a holding stage mm-hmm. to until, like... Until, basically after the Rumble. Until like either the Rumble
1: or even, I don't know if they can last WrestleMania, but yeah. they're really just like, they have guys probably in NXT, and mm-hmm. from what we're going to talk about probably next week with mm-hmm. this infusion stuff, with yeah. other, they're trying to see where that all goes and yeah. see if they get these guys Yeah, through. I
0: feel like a Royal Rumble is going to be the mark where you're going to kind of feel... Where they're going, yeah, because it is truly the road to I do feel like it picks up; the pace does pick up a little bit it after will pick after up. Royal Rumble. It will so definitely I think up. in January, after the New Year, when some things happen, which once again we'll talk mm-hmm. about next week, you really are gonna know. Okay, this is where we're going. Yeah, you know what I mean. So that'll be something that'll be that's extremely, um, extremely intriguing. Uh, that is going to be... I got one more thing to just... Oh, just to oh, throw, oh we're going <laughs> to drop some knowledge. No, no, right, no. no, no a it's not really
1: knowledge. I just want to kind of throw this out there. So there's always been this word that the network yeah. might increase and add some stuff. Oof. So Oof. would you stay with the nine ninety nine and just get everything you've written out? Mm-hmm. Or would you pay, I think it was twelve ninety nine and get extra coverage? Mm-hmm. I think they said they might add live events. Mm-hmm. But what would they need to add for you to make that three dollar jump, or did you just do
0: it? Uh, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you this. We'll we'll tease this. Well, next week we'll do. Next week we'll do this as well. We'll we'll, we'll tie those two topics together. Yes, I would pay for more, but I need to see a couple things happen. So I'm okay. gonna, I'm gonna leave you with that. Okay. And, we'll, and we'll go next week on it. We're, we're cutting close on time, but I like where your head's at, and okay. I know where you're going with that, but I'm not going to give it away here That's, because I feel like we've, okay. we've given them a lot of information tonight. So that is going to be the end of the first episode of I'm Always Right. As always, I am your host, the mouth of Michigan, Rob with my co-host, the Merc so Mike Merkel. Please tune in next week where we're going to be talking about a lot of things, NFL, Lions, Pistons, Red Wings, Tigers. The whole gambit is up for debate at any point in time. If you like this, keep subscribing, keep listening, let us know how we're doing. You'll find us on Twitter. I'll post all the links and everything else like that. I appreciate you listening. Take care. Until next time.